G'day, you're listening to Boys on the Web. I'm your host, Connor Buckley. In this episode, we will be talking about social media and how it's quickly changed the way we live in only a decade. We go in depth about how social media can affect a male's mental health and how it has changed the way people look at males. So without further ado, let's get amongst it. Communication. Something that we often can't get enough of. Leading to our plans failing or details getting mixed up and people end up not wearing funky shirts at your birthday party, goddammit. <sighs> Communication is vital to our species. It's how we got this far. It's what makes us unique. It's what makes us human. Over thousands of years, humans have strived to make long-distance communication easier with the implementation of postal services and carrier pigeons to grand inventions such as telegraphs, telephones, radios, the internet, and now social media. Having another person deliver your message was how it was done since ancient times. But the further you wanted to send it, the longer it would take and the higher the risk of it not arriving at all, whether it's because your messenger got lost or robbed or killed by bandits. Social media cuts all of that out. We can now send a message to the other side of the world in under a second. That's fucking insane. But that doesn't mean it's flawless. We've come a long way with improving our communication methods, but maybe we're communicating too much. We're going to approach this week's topic by going through popular social media sites and we'll look at what they do well and also how they suck. Let's start with the big one, Facebook. Facebook is the social media giant. Most people that use the internet regularly are on Facebook. Despite the fact that the CEO is a synthetic human made by aliens, Facebook is great for building communities and also businesses if you want to pay. If you like a brand, you can guarantee that they have a Facebook page so you can see all of their new goodies or content. It's a large feed of spicy memes that you can tag your mates in. And the messenger service is one of the best out there. But that's really all it seems to be right now. Over the years, Facebook has slowly drifted away from its purpose. You don't often see things that your friends post because your newsfeed is clogged with obnoxious ads, clickbait, and the same meme throttled until the comedic value is null. You might find yourself scrolling a lot to find something actually interesting. And then you smell burning and realize you've been on your phone for two hours and you've left your fucking pizza in the oven. Fuck! Oh yeah, and they steal your information. Instagram. Instagram is one I use quite often. It's a photo-based social media site that was bought by Facebook. A great thing about Instagram is that content from your friends is easy to see. You most likely won't have to scroll for ages to find it. You can also follow artists and celebrities that you like and regularly see their content. You can post photos on your story that stay there for 24 hours and then disappears, which is quite popular for people who like to show their followers what they're up to. It's simple and it works. It can get a little scary though. I find that some people have gotten so used to Instagram that they are oversharing their personal life for all of their followers to see. For young people like me, you'll sometimes see people you know posting pictures of everything they get up to and some stuff that you wish you didn't see. 
I bet so many people have woken up on a Sunday morning not remembering the night prior and then looking through their story to find some embarrassingly feral shit. I think Instagram can also be an instigator for FOMO, which stands for fear of missing out. It really sucks to be bored at home and then look on Instagram to see your friends having fun without you. Something you probably couldn't see without social media. Snapchat When Snapchat came out in 2011, it was fun. Sending photos to a person that would last 10 seconds and then disappear forever. Snapchat caused some good laughs. They added the ability to send 10 second videos as well. They were also the first ones to implement the 24 hour story feature. But they kept adding stuff that nobody really wanted or used. It ended up clogging the app, making it slow and awkward to navigate. Snapchat is now a totally different platform from what it was originally. You can have an unlimited time option so the recipient can view the image until they decide to close it, which kind of removes the initial fun. Snapchat isn't that bad, but I've been using it less and less purely because of the kind of people that use it. It gets old seeing five minute long stories from drunk girls partying at clubs yelling Yas Queen! There's a whole media section of Snapchat that I never bother with because it's purely just petty celebrity gossip and unregulated social justice propaganda. Snapchat has also made it easier for losers to send pictures of their dick to people which is a fucking stupid idea, and you shouldn't do it. Twitter Twitter was introduced in 2006, and by 2010, over 50 million tweets were posted daily. People loved it, and they still do. It's a fantastic platform for sharing thoughts with the world and catching up with trends and news. Many celebrities and politicians use Twitter daily, like that president guy that everyone's always complaining about. But the more people you pack into one website, the more people there are to clash with each other. If you're a high profile figure on Twitter with a large follower base, it can be difficult to tweet anything without someone getting offended. If you had a million followers and you tweeted that you didn't think Beyonce's Coachella performance was that good, you'd get the ones that respect your opinion, the ones that flip shit because they can't handle it, and then there's the ones who will somehow come to the conclusion that you're racist and then spread word across Twitter. However, I think Beyonce's performance was on fire. Get it, girl. Hashtag Beychella. It seems as if some Twitter users go out of their way to get offended at things. They'll twist your words or assume that you're implying something when your tweet was supposed to be taken at face value. Not everything has a hidden meaning. This isn't a Wachowski Brothers movie. Wait, aren't they sisters now? For my sake, I hope this episode doesn't make it to Twitter. Google Plus YouTube YouTube is one of my favorite social media sites. The main focus of YouTube is user-created video content. It's jam-packed with news, video games, social commentary, cartoons, documentaries, short films, and also that weird side of YouTube that you get to by clicking heaps of related videos. It's best to stay away from there. YouTube introduced monetization for growing YouTube channels, so they could earn revenue from advertising at the start of their videos. This gave content creators bigger budgets for their projects. People started building sizable entertainment franchises just on YouTube. The more views you got, the more revenue you gained from ads playing at the start of your videos. YouTube would take a cut and the advertisers would reach more people. It was a good system. 
was. In comes the adpocalypse. YouTube decided to demonetize any video that was even slightly controversial. This was catastrophic for comedians, gamers and social commentators as almost all of their videos were being demonetized due to the nature of their content. They could no longer run their businesses on YouTube efficiently. This impacted many people's lives, some of them moving to other sites like Twitch, some of them making subscription content for their own websites or asking subscribers to donate to keep their channels running. Good job YouTube, you done fucked up. The funny thing is that YouTube tends to ignore controversial content if it's coming from a creator that makes them a lot of money. Some very high profile YouTubers can do some really messed up shit in a video and still make thousands of dollars from that single video. Last year the infamous Paul brothers Jake and Logan were really pushing the boundaries on YouTube and they were making millions. Until the day where Logan made a vlog in a well-known suicide forest in Japan. He came across a deceased person hanging from a tree, filmed it, joked about it on camera, and then uploaded it to YouTube. YouTube had a full-on partnership with this guy. What a mess. So now that we've looked at the problems with these social media sites, you may have noticed that these platforms have their issues. Some of them can really impact mental health. People often feel so secure on the internet that they can share things that they maybe shouldn't. The internet isn't a secure place to be sharing sensitive information. A lot of people can get their hands on it. Consistently being on social media can be hazardous in other ways. You're constantly being fed news articles, many of them negative. That can change a male's perspective of the world they are living in or the life they are living. Without the internet we wouldn't usually have a repetitive stream of bad news in our face. But now we don't just see it on TV, we see it on our computers and we take it on our phones wherever we go. FOMO can also get the best of all of us at times. Seeing footage of that concert or festival you missed out on, or seeing your friends having fun without you, that sort of thing can fuel regret or loneliness. Males in particular can feel like they are walking on eggshells when posting on social media. Someone can retaliate out of nowhere because they somehow got offended. Those people can actually ruin your reputation because of the reach they have on the internet and the ease of finding groups of people like themselves. If you think social media is taking a toll on your mental health, try to limit your usage. Talk to people in person. Turn off your data on your phone when you're away from home. The world isn't in front of you on a screen. It's all around you. Enjoy it. Thanks for listening to this episode of Boys on the Web. Next week on the web we will be talking about new generations getting involved with smart technology and I speak to Childspace founder Robin Christie about how it could impact a child's learning. Catch episode 4, Next Gen, next Wednesday on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher and TuneIn. Boys on the web.